Welcome, everyone, to Season 4, Episode 142 of the Premier Pod. I'm your host, Yashpika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. And in this episode, uh, we'll be talking about Liverpool's continued hopes for the quadruple. It's still there. Uh, Manchester City were knocked out of the Champions League. So really, the only trophy they can go for is the FA Cup and the Premier League. But Liverpool are still in it for the FA Cup, Premier League, and Champions League. And we're talking about Manchester United, who had a okay weekend but uh more more looking at kind of like the future of what the season is and kind of where they could finish at the end and then a pretty fun wild card topic in terms of talking about fifa um specifically fifa 22 and the latest news that came out um a couple days ago in regarding um with it and playstation plus but to get things started we're actually gonna start with liverpool which we've done for like the past couple episodes but they they are the main team right now um, and they beat Villarreal to go back into the Champions League final, their third Champions League final under Klopp, the third time in five seasons that they've got gotten this far in the competition. So it's a pretty big um, thing with Klopp. Like he just somehow finds a way to do really well in the Champions League. Even when he was at Dortmund, he did really well at the Champions League. He's kind of just a really good coach when it comes to the Champions League, and he's bringing that magic to Liverpool. It definitely wasn't easy, though, because that first half of that second oh, yeah. leg... Yeah, they were, they like were definitely eliminated. asleep. They were definitely asleep, mm-hmm. but then they woke up and started playing like Liverpool again. It was it was a little. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. The heart was in my mouth right there because we had, we went in with a two goal advantage, and then it was just immediately wiped down that first half, and they had all momentum. And I was like, all right, well, this is I guess this is reality. Maybe <laughs> maybe we're out to get humbled. But Liverpool, I don't know what Klopp said in that locker room at halftime, but. I just thought of that meme where it's like that coach was just walking up to every single player and just slapping him in the face, just like down the line, just like waking them up. But whatever he did, like Liverpool came out guns blazing and that sub on with Luis Diaz kind of lit a fire under everyone's butts. And then everyone just kind of went ham and it was the Liverpool that we expected kind of playing with that intensity, playing with that urge to kind of cause chances to occur from just high pressing and winning the ball back from the opponents and just mm-hmm. counterattacking really quickly. So that's a big thing. Like Luis Diaz, that's been one of the key cornerstones of the team off the bench. Like he literally just brings this new kind of di- dimension to the team that when it's missing, you know, like it's kind of there, it's very obvious. And then once he's on, it's like, all right, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. we got him. Holy cow. Diogo Jota didn't really have that great of a game and, Obviously, the game plan wasn't working from the first half, but after he came on, it's just like it's like a switch happened. All of a sudden, it was it was crazy, and even the fullbacks as well, like that usual back of Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold, just they didn't look that great in that first half. It was like that was one of the worst performances I've seen all season. It just I was like in the semifinal, I'm like, come on, what's going on? So whatever happened in that halftime team talk, it just kind of switched, and now. Liverpool find themselves in the Champions League final, going to Paris on May 28th. So I'm excited, but it was it was definitely a little tricky. I know there's a lot of criticism, at least for Liverpool's route there. You know, they didn't really face too many crazy opposition like Real Madrid maybe did, or Real Madrid yeah, had Real to Madrid face. Real Madrid went you know, through the gauntlet. They went through PSG, yeah. then the defending champions Chelsea, and then Manchester City, and now they're facing Liverpool. And I think Liverpool's um, road was. Who do they face in the round of sixteen? Um, was it Lad? Fa- no. Was it? They faced. Um, 
Well, it was think, no, it wasn't it. Salzburg. Who, who, who did they face? I already forgot. <laughs> See, that's how that's how uneventful their run has been. Oh, it was Inter. It was Inter. Okay, that's it was who Inter. It was. That, that's, then, uh, that was a pretty tough opponent. Then quarterfinals, they played uh, Benfica. Yeah, Benfica, and then then they played Villarreal. So I mean, they mm-hmm. had like kind of like the more underdogish teams when it comes to Champions League, but um, definitely got by in terms of going with you know. Compared comparatively to Real Madrid's side, where they had to face that gauntlet of teams, Liverpool's has not been on paper as difficult. But you know, each each one has a challenge. But I felt like maybe like last time Liverpool and Real Madrid met up, it was kind of the opposite. Where I, well, Real Madrid did have like a decently tough time getting into the final, but I think Liverpool had to go through City, um, obviously in the quarterfinal, and then they played Porto, I think, right in the semis, or was that Roma? They played Roma in the semis and then made it to the final. I think, or was it Porto in the round of sixteen? Then yeah, they faced City, Porto in the round of sixteen, and City then the they quarters. had to face. I think was it that season to face Bayern Munich? It's I'm already forgetting, but no, I think I Bayern Munich they, they to, played them the year they won it. So I think oh, okay. they played Bayern in the round of sixteen, then Porto in the quarters, and then someone in the semis that I have completely forgotten, and then they played <laughs> Tottenham obviously in the final. I yeah, think that's but, how it went. It's, I mean, every journey is a little different, but I still feel like, despite that, the it's not easy. Like, yeah. Villarreal made it to where they were because they beat Juventus Bayern. and they beat Bayern Munich. So, for some folks, they're like, man, you got the easy route. I'm like, that could have been Bayern Munich. <laughs> like, it just, they lost. And then yeah. Villarreal, this is one of their biggest games. It's not their biggest game in their whole club history. So, for them, was, this was a huge game. In just like in all things considered, so they had a lot of fight and like a lot of kind of backing for what this meant to the club. So that's why we saw in that first half they kind of came out like it was like their biggest game ever because it really was, mm-hmm. and that really plays a big toll. But the quality kind of came through. I feel like they kind of ran out of juice in that second half, and I feel like Liverpool, one of their low key key aspects about them is that their stamina with the team and like their squad depth is just so good that they're able to usually outlast and outperform a lot of other teams because that Gengen press and also just counterattacking and just winning the ball back, chasing the ball. It's something you can't really develop until maybe several seasons in. Cause like, you know, at the beginning under Klopp, a lot of players are getting injured. A lot of players didn't really have the stamina to keep up with this tactic. But then now it's, you know, a few seasons in they're kind of well seasoned, well conditioned and more used to this kind of, playing style where it's like they just kind of outlasted Villarreal at the same time as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of all came through and Liverpool getting this victory is the first time any team, I believe in the Champions League era has won all away games leading up to the final in a Champions League run. So that's also a big achievement. That's something I didn't even realize, but yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can't say Liverpool won them all because they unfortunately lost against Inter at home in mm-hmm. that first round of 16. But I mean, it's a big achievement. And I feel like with Real Madrid being the final um, competition, like, I guess, rival right here, where it's like of all the people, of all the teams we face, it's Real Madrid, the team that kind of sent Liverpool into an embarrassing loss, where with the carious moments, with Mo Salah getting his shoulder dislocated from the Ramos dark arts of defending, like, RKO tackle to. <laughs> Gareth Bale uh, I mean, bicycle just, kick. 
Yeah, Gareth Bale bicycle kick. That was a dark day. Benzema, but, he was scoring. Yeah, Benzema, Benzema from the carry. Mistake. Gosh dang. It's a, it's a good opportunity for Liverpool to get revenge, I feel like. But they just can't get in their heads because Real Madrid, they're on. There's some magic voodoo going on with Real Madrid in the Champions League yeah. this season. Especially in the last game, you kind of could see it very clearly. They didn't register their first shot until the 90th minute, and it was their first goal. Yeah. Their second shot on target, it was their second goal. <laughs> I believe the third shot on target, which was a penalty, was their third goal. Yeah. And this all happened when like the 90th minute. Yeah. So I that's what makes me scared. You can't beat cheese. So, I mean, they have that cheese momentum I, I think, going. I think in. it's also like they have like some voodoo, but I also think like their whole team is so – I mean – you literally mentioned that Champions League final. Pretty much most of that, most of the players that played in that final are still starting for Real Madrid. Yeah, like granted, they don't have Ronaldo and Ramos and, you know, Varane and Pepe there. But most of that team, like that core of like that core midfield, Benzema, um, you know, like people like Lucas Vasquez that comes off the bench, Nacho, like all those guys are pretty much still intact. And the same you could say for Liverpool where most of the people that played in that final, that core that Liverpool still count on are, were are still together so it's almost like the reason that these two teams are back is because they have such a strong core of like they've they've been there and done that so they they don't panic when those moments get tough they kind of know okay like this is what I got to do I got to just like get stuck in and dig in a little bit I think that's what also helps Real Madrid is that they also do have a lot of talented youngsters but they also do have a lot of leadership and um, Carlo Ancelotti, I know there's a lot of jokes that he just kind of just kind of just does his thing, just does his like little expression and like that's how Real Madrid score. But I think he's also like a good manager who knows how to um, feel out certain moments or has a feeling for certain moments because I think that's also sometimes a little underrated because I think a lot of times we get so enamored by you know coaches like Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta that are like so nitpicky and then you want to dissect everything from like a T and then sometimes you kind of forget coaches like Mourinho you know even Klopp and Chilotti uh the reason that they're so good is that sometimes in those big moments they not that they throw away their tactics but they can kind of get a feeling of like okay something big is going to happen that's why I'm going to bring on Divac Origi or this is why I'm going to bring on Kamavinga or this is why I'm going to take off you know, Casemiro or like Cruz in in exchange for someone else because they can get that feeling of, okay, I feel like a big moment's happening and I feel like a a momentum is shifting. I need to put someone in that can kind of help counteract that or I can put someone in that can help bring us that momentum. And sometimes that's just a feeling. Like honestly, at the end of the day, that's kind of like a feeling. You can't go to the X's and O's to help figure that out. That's just all, you just kind of have to know, you know? And I feel like Carlo Ancelotti is so good at that. I mean, that's why he's, that he's able to handle being at Real Madrid with all those big personalities, even when he was at Bayern Munich, when he was AC Milan, when he won Champions League there, like everywhere he's been, he just kind of knows, like all those good coaches just have that feeling of when to put someone on or when to take someone out in those big moments and just learn how to manage those. And I think that's why they're so good and why they're able to get there. And that's what Sir Alex Ferguson did all the time as well. That's the scary part. Liverpool and Real Madrid kind of pulled the same kind of <laughs> cheese out the out the hat where it's Liverpool subbed on Luis Diaz, changed the game. Carlo Ancelotti subbed on Rodrigo, changed the game. Yeah. And it was so quick too. So I feel like this final, it's really early to predict. So I'm not going to do too much crazy stuff because we don't know what's going to happen in like the next three weeks. But I think the subs are going to make a big difference. Whatever changes made 
midway in the game. Yeah, I think that would be a subs. big determinant. Big. The super subs. So Divock Origi, this is last <laughs> season here, apparently. So yeah, this is his shot. Divock Origi. I, I think Liverpool have that chip on their shoulder against Real Madrid in particular. So it's like, all right, it's time to rise up and get this spread because even Mo Salah on Twitter was like, all right, this is, it's go time. <laughs> he just has flashback to his shoulder and everything. Yeah, it, Cause I also screwed him for the world cup too. Yeah. So he's definitely angry at Real Madrid. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. Cause I guess like four years ago, like you guys played before the world cup and now they're playing again before the world cup, obviously the world cup's in winter. But I think what's really interesting is that Real Madrid, their run, I mean, you could definitely, you could probably arguably say that the only game where they've definitively, I guess, definitively played the best, or not even that, I would say for the most part, they've kind of been outplayed in certain, like most air, like most of the period of the game when it was against PSG, Chelsea, and Manchester City. But they just have that clutch factor of like when the moment comes, they just somehow are able to deliver. And I remember Jose Mourinho's teams, like, that's what he was known for. Yeah, maybe he didn't play like the most exciting stuff and it was like kind of boring. And, you know, sometimes you're kind of questioning like, why did he do those things? But it's like the reason he was able to do that is because he could count on his players to deliver on that one chance. And when they delivered on that one chance, and that's what ended up taking them through. And I think that's that's a very interesting part of Real Madrid is that, yeah, they're not, they're not creating five million chances, maybe like a Liverpool or Manchester City are, but when they need that, when all they need is that like one or two chances and they somehow manage to score, which is crazy. That's that's the pressure of being at a big club. Yeah. You have all that expectation where it's even if you're down, even if it's the end of the game, you're still expected to find a way to always win. So and then it's just that kind of pressure, that kind of inner voodoo cheese <laughs> is what kind of gives them that little superpower. And I mean, on top of that, you you know, not everyone gets recruited or transferred to Real Madrid or Liverpool. So I yeah. feel like it's they kind of are selected very carefully and methodically, more than we think. It's not like the oil clubs, which Real Madrid, I mean, kudos to also Real Madrid for beating out all the all the oil clubs <laughs> they, on their run as well. Literally so. PSG, Chelsea. I mean, yeah, people forget, but Chelsea is like, I guess right now still owned under Roman Abramovich, who's still like dealing with Putin and everything. But you like literally PSG, Chelsea, and Manchester City. Like, that's like like the trifecta. Mm-hmm. So now it's a uh, it's a big test because I think I got a root for Liverpool. But I, I am scared. I was in before the game. I, I mentioned to some other friends. I was like, I I would rather face City in the final. I feel like it's like City. They're tactically, I feel like they're better, but it's just like this is a final. Like I don't. Yeah. They don't really have that that pedigree they don't really have the history behind them and i feel like liverpool can overcome that but for madrid i mean we saw what they did against those three teams it's like what the heck <laughs> it's like they should have won but they did and that's all that matters <laughs> so yeah I, I know um what's interesting is i think when they met four years ago i could definitely i don't know i when when the final was reached i was like okay liverpool are a good team but i was like there's no way they're beating that real madrid team like just like with ronaldo that's also true ronaldo benzema bale like ramos like that whole team like I just felt like it was too strong. But now, you know, four years later, you could definitely say that like Liverpool are kind of like the, you guess, top team, you know? Um, yeah, it's, they're not the underdogs going into this final. Yeah, and like Liverpool, like- Liverpool are like the top team. Um, meanwhile, Real Madrid are kind of like Liverpool four years ago where it's like, okay, like, 
you know, kind of like not limping in here, but, you know, maybe defied the odds a little bit to get here. And now it's kind of like when they meet in the final, who's the team that's going to show up? But obviously it's Real Madrid with all these experienced leaders. Like you used to have like 36 year old Luka Modric, 34 year old Benzema, you know, I think 32 year old Cruz, Casemiro is like in his 30s. Like, I mean, these guys are all the core group. All age, but it, it's it's going to be a really good final. I'm I'm as a neutral. I'm going to be rooting for Madrid. Just if we're putting it out there, because like oh. I can't handle, I can't have Liverpool winning a Champions League. But as a neutral, that's not even affiliated with any of the, any of these clubs. It, it is a very exciting matchup. I'm glad that it's Real Madrid Liverpool and not Manchester City Liverpool. As a neutral. yeah, that'd be another. That'd be like the fourth or fifth matchup of Man City versus Liverpool this season alone. Oh, so like, <laughs> at that point, you're just like exhausted of it. You know, it's just kind of like it's lost its luster. But I will quickly say on top of that, I mean, besides Champions League, Liverpool, as you mentioned, are still in the FA Cup final. They are still going for the Premier League. But, you know, Man City, they got nothing else to worry about besides the FA Cup and now the Premier League. So I feel like yeah. it's going to be a little tougher for Liverpool to get that Premier League title, especially because yeah. now, you know, after that, Man City got nothing else to worry about. The FA Cup is still, you know, a one-off game between the two. But at least for after the FA Cup around, I believe it's on May 14th, if I remember correctly, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Um, Man City can just put all their eggs into the rest of the season in the mm-hmm. Premier League, at least. Whereas Liverpool, they have to be like, all right, we still have to field a, a decent enough team to get the wins, but also kind of make sure everyone's fresh enough for that Champions League final. So that'd be a factor. And that's what kind of worries me for the quadruple. It's not in their hands. And with Man City now being able to focus on it, I don't want to say something too early against the quadruple, but I feel like Man City might sneak that title now just because <laughs> they got nothing else. <laughs> it's like, what are yeah, they going to do? Like, the best case scenario as a Manchester United fan, best worst case, because obviously it's not good that either of these teams are going to win the league, but like City gets away with the league and then City probably wins the FA Cup and then Liverpool <laughs> loses the Champions League. <laughs> so it's just, just let City have it and then, you know, Liverpool just have the Carabao Cup and then just go from there. That's Gosh, at least what I'm kind of like outsidely hoping for. Because that's yeah. <laughs> Gosh dang it, yes. <laughs> I mean, you kind of said it in that kind of statement too, where it could all still fall apart for Liverpool. This yeah. month is huge. Yeah. Like this month they can win three trophies or lose three trophies. Yeah. So it's wild. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is it's it's crazy. I don't know how we're gonna handle it, but I mean we'll see. It's um it's a lot to ask for the team. But I feel like of all the teams that I've seen, of all the squads iterations over the past years, this Liverpool squad is definitely the strongest and they can definitely handle it. Mm-hmm. And if they do handle it, I feel like it'll go down as one of the best teams ever in like football history. Yeah. Because to pull a quadruple off in this league, in this kind of situation against like these opponents it's you can't really beat that so hopefully they pull it off because like not many teams pull off a quadruple like you can kind of name which teams pull off the quadruple like that barcelona team with like msg <laughs> it's like oh, yeah not many teams can do that so yeah imagine this team can do it and it's kind of sad one all them kind of left right at right before <laughs> we're going into all this it's like gosh dang it <laughs> we could have used him and I feel like he's probably missing out, but man, it's uh, it's I'm I'm nervous, but also excited because like we don't know what to expect, but I have confidence at least 
mm-hmm. compared to maybe in the years before it just be prayers but like with this experience with this kind of momentum and like this game plan under Klopp and just like the history back in it I feel like it's very cliche for me to say but it's like I feel like Liverpool's got it yeah <laughs> but I mean we'll see yeah it'll be it'll be a really good final um like Tyler said Liverpool are still in contention for the quadruple so anything could happen in this final month of May like Tyler mentioned it is a huge month for Liverpool uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, they they have a tough run of schedules or tough run of fixtures coming up. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The narrative could change within a week or two weeks. So I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. But uh, I guess moving on um, real quickly to Manchester United. Not much has happened on their front. Um, yeah, like literally not much has happened. I th- I, I honestly can't even remember who we played last last week. It, it's just been like that. Literally, it's just literally been that. Like, we played Brentford in our final home game. And, yeah, we won 3-0. It was, like, basically a sending off for, like, a lot of players. Like, final home game at Old Trafford. Like, the Manu Matic, Juan Mata. Yeah, I saw Mata started. I was like, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> literally, he started his first game of the season. Um, yeah. It's, like- it's crazy. I thought he was, like, in the 37-year-old range. He's actually only 34. Oh, I mean, that's still relatively old and yeah soccer years but I, so. I thought he was like luka modric like getting into 36 37 i was like wow he's still 34 like ah i mean i feel bad i it was definitely very kind of like mixed emotions um because definitely like as you can tell like a lot of the players we have are going to be on they're going to be leaving on like free contracts because their contracts are expiring mm-hmm. and a lot of players will also kind of be in the run-in to get sold and it, it was like it was a good send-off because it was like you know finally like we we kept a clean sheet scored three goals you know Rafa Varane scored his first goal. Cristiano Ronaldo scored another goal. Um, you know, it was good in that sense, but it was very kind of mixed emotions because the season has been very difficult and just a very, like, trying season. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of thinking, like, a player like Juan Mata who came from Chelsea when I believe he was, like, 27 years old, um, really, like, you know, the peak of his Juan Mata at Manchester United was basically between, like, 2014 all the way up until 2018 or 2017. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. 2018. Um, and he won, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, like the, the EFL Cup, FA Cup, and the Europa League, um, and the Community Shield. Like, um, you know, people want to count that. But <laughs> a player like Nemanja Matic, who, was, who, who came in as the kind of being like that guy that was going to help us, you know, lead us to more trophies, never won a trophy at Manchester United. Uh, so it, it was just kind of very just interesting, like, Feelings because Nemanja Matic, oddly enough, ever since he announced he was leaving, has been playing like some of his best football like this whole season, which is just very, very odd. And then Juan Mata, when he's played this season, when he's kind of came on, it's just like, wow, like a a player like that, that we've been wanting to like this whole season to kind of just play like mini link up play and just keep the ball like moving. Um, Literally, he's been started now, like in the final games of the season and is kind of showing like, okay, Juan Mata can still play. And like, this is the type of profile player like, we're going to be kind of seeing under Ten Hag. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know a good pinpoint to kind of put it, but it was very just kind of interesting feelings because uh, we have a lot of players that are sending off, but also a lot of the players we have never really won anything at the club or they were kind of just part of like a really down period of the club. And yeah, like at the end of the day, we're all still going to support the players um, because like, you know, there's nothing else you can do as a supporter, but it's it's kind of just a weird kind of time where we're kind of giving like a send off to players like Lemanja Matic, who you know at the end of the day we're good professionals, but they never won anything at the five years he was at the club. You know, um, that's so goofy. It's usually you have these kind of you know I guess what you call 
victory laps or these kind of like send offs for you know players that are historically significant to the club like maybe like a Divock Rigi for example for Liverpool would have been like a big send off if it's like all right this is his last game it's like you know give him a good send off but you know as you said Manchester United really haven't won anything significant in the past several years so it's just like I feel like it's more a celebration it's like all right it's the end of that era they're out <laughs> it's yeah. like we'll get in the new players and then uh, you know they did they did okay but they weren't anything they're not going to be in the history books and kind of remember it in like you know, as a David Beckham or like a Cantona, it's going to be like, who is Nemanja Matic? <laughs> like, yeah. there's no kid in 20 years is going to be like, dang, I remember Matic. I have his jersey or like, unfortunately, even Mata too. Like, there's not really yeah. going to be anyone that's going to remember them. But it's more, I guess, a setting up like, era like where cult it's like, hero, like cult heroes of like very like hardcore fans will be like, oh, yeah, I remember when he played. It's not going to be yeah. like. It's not going to be. They're not. Their names are not going to be etched in the history books of Manchester United anytime soon. Even like Pogba, I would say even too. Yeah. Like it's just that whole past like five years, like half decade of all these players kind of getting the boot and kind of retiring, not retiring, but kind of yeah, <laughs> literally, moving on. I, I feel agency. like the, literally the only player like during like that whole, during this whole era, like obviously Wayne Rooney, you know, retired and left. Like obviously he's a legend. Outside of that, literally probably only David De Gea is the player, like the only player that you could put in like the history books of Manchester just because he's broke broken like so many records for Manchester United. And like he won a Premier and League, he won mm-hmm. FA like he's pretty much won it all except like the Champions League and all that. But he was part of that last era of Sir Alex that won a Premier League. And like he's probably the only player during this past five, six, seven years that you could honestly say, like, yeah, he's probably gonna be after he leaves Manchester United, he's gonna be still well renowned within the Premier League and also Manchester United fans for a long time. Yeah. And it's also as because you said he was there in that last Fergie era. Yeah. So even on top of that, it's like unless you're there for for years, or if you're maybe a meme like left Messi Lingard or Phil <laughs> Jones, it's like I don't know if you're that's kinda of sad to say. I don't know if you'll be remembered too much. Yeah. But I think at least for you, Yush, it's a good kind of cathartic moment where it's like, all right, they're all gone. <laughs> they're all Start gone. like a clean slate. Yeah, it's going to be very, Panda. yeah, it's it's going to be very f- interesting. Definitely watching this summer and seeing, you know, all the players that leave and then who we bring in. Um, but I'm also very curious to see what happens with Ronaldo because um, not to say there's been reports of him leaving. I haven't seen any, like, you know, valid reports of him leaving. But it'll be very interesting to see what his kind of mindset is. You know, I, I think, you know, there's very there's a big argument to be said that, you know, he definitely wants to play Champions League football because why not? Like, you know, he's best in the world, like one of the best in the world and at his age. Like he doesn't have that many more years to give. But um, he's also on really high wages and there's not a lot of teams that can afford to pay like that amount of money for a player of that, you know, that that's that is that old. I mean, that's part of the reason PSG were kind of the only team in the running for Messi is because they were the only team that can afford that high amount of wages. Uh, And there was chatter about potentially Real Madrid, him having like some sort of swan song return to Real Madrid. And, you know, that definitely could be a big, like it could be uh, a move there. But I mean, if they go for Mbappe, I don't know how they're going to have like the money to afford Ronaldo's wages because that's going to be a lot of money. But I don't know. I I'm just very curious to see what happens because it has been a topsy-turvy kind of season for him in a sense. He started off really hot and in the middle of it, it kind of like 
tailed off a bit because the whole team just kind of went through a whole funk. But what we've seen since April is that Ronaldo, uh, very interesting that I heard this take like uh, Ronaldo, when he's given like kind of like a week's rest before each game, like you can kind of see how effective he can be in terms of his link up play, you know, working off the ball, you know, going for like, you know, second challenges. Um, his goal scoring is incredible. Like, I mean, at this point, he's almost scoring like a, a close to a hat trick a game. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Like he's doing that in the Premier League at 37 years old. Um, so I think Manchester United, like if he does stay, I think it's really important that they find a second striker or someone that can take more of the load off Ronaldo. So he's not playing 90 minutes every single game, even though he's going to want to, because we've seen... Um, I don't know, at least for me, I've seen just how effective he can be when he's given a little bit more rest and just can let his body recover and then go go into action because he, he can offer a lot. It's just that obviously at his age, he can't play like that every single game for like the entire season. That sounds a lot like LeBron James. Yeah. It's just load management. That's yeah. what allows for him to do well. And I mean, if anything, Manchester United next season, they don't got any other competitions. It's just going to be Premier League, it looks like at least. Yeah, at least that's what it's projected to be, but that might be to his benefit. And I don't know if even Real Madrid would want him back because if you think about it, Benzema after Roma or after Ronaldo left Real Madrid, it kind of allowed him to kind of springboard into the Benzema he's become this season, mm-hmm. where he's one of the best players in the world, and he doesn't have to really have to share the spotlight. If anything, he's the one who has to kind of backpack, and it's working. It's yeah. And old Benzema is still doing the trick at Real Madrid. And it's something that they never really unlocked until Ronaldo left. And it was yeah. like, all right, it's up to you, man. <laughs> there you go. So I feel like, um, if anything, the only other avenue I could really see is, as you said, PSG. And that'd be kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to see Messi, Ronaldo on the same team. But yeah. that team ain't going to win anything. They're going to be yeah. too old. Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. That's like the, <laughs> that's like the old full, like ultimate team link of. <laughs> It's like what the kids do. It's like, I'm going to put all my money into big names. And then the team is like, it's like a Ferrari at the front, but then like a Volkswagen Beetle in the back. <laughs> it's, like, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it probably won't work in terms of chemistry either. But yeah. I think I'm not, you know, I'm not Ronaldo, but I would stay at Manchester United if, if the game load won't be as crazy next season yeah. as it's projected to be. And, and you can just focus on the Premier League and, you know, just continue playing. He's kind of like on his tail end, but I know he probably wants to win as many trophies as he can, but I mean, team is really going to want him. Yeah. And like, I, I will say like, you know, his name was already etched in like Manchester United history books. He doesn't really have to do it like much more. I mean, he could leave, like he could leave this season and fans would still love him. Cause it's like, you know, what, you know, you can't blame him for leaving, but I mean, it, it it would be really cool to see like, okay, if he did stay and he was like, it was like the guy that was like the golden generation of like the early 2000s of Manchester United, like the 2000, from like 2006 to 2010s, um, can come, like came back in like the 2020 and like helped them win their first trophy in like six years to like kickstart like a new era at the club. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, that would literally put him at like almost like, I mean, he's probably already at like top tier legend status already, but like even above that, like Pantheon level um, in terms of like, <laughs> you know, level. Good, dude's going to have like a statue outside Old Trafford, like eventually. But um, yeah, I it mean, would be really it's cool. like that, that other statue that I'm thinking of. The, <laughs> the bust, yeah. <laughs> the goofy one. Yeah, the bust. Um, <laughs> I would take that. I mean, I already feel like he already is there in terms of just general footballers and yeah. all time. Like there's always like, you know, Pele, Johan Cruyff, 
Maradona. Yeah, no, he, I feel he like definitely, Messi and Ronaldo definitely up there. He, no, he definitely but, is. Um, I think it would just be like a really cool kind of story of just like kind of wins one like to get the franchise back. Because I, I honestly like I, you know, it's a really hard to do like cross sports comparison. But like honestly, like the current state of Manchester United and the LA Lakers is pretty much identical. Like you're talking about two historical franchises that dominated for so long. And then, you know, ever since their legends left, like for Lakers, it was like legendary coach, legendary player for Manchester United. It was legendary coach. And ever since they've went away and that structure went away, like they've kind of just been in disarray and they've seen like their rivals and local rivals and, you know, teams that never really were ever competing with them, start lapping them and start, you know, kind of laughing at them and just overtaking them in every possible direction. And then you had, you know, LeBron James come back or come to L.A. at his age. And, you know, he won a championship with them. But Ronaldo coming back didn't win one, but um, kind of in the similar situation where like both teams, both franchises and both um, clubs are trying to get back to glory days, you know, and just try to rebuild and be like a structurally foundational, like good team again. Uh, Man, I don't want to say. They won in the bubble. So I'm like, maybe Manchester United need that. But I'm also like, we don't need another pandemic. We're, I'm good. Yeah, in my lifetime, yeah. I, I hope this is the only one. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, me too. Me too. But yeah, it's it, it's pretty crazy. I, I guess one last thing on Ronaldo. He, he scored, he has 19 Premier League goals at 37 years old in the Premier League. And he's only like a couple off of Mo Salah. And like, granted, Manchester United only have two more games left. And Salah and Son have four or five respectively. But, I mean, that's crazy at 37 years old to be bagging 19 goals in the Premier League. Like, this is the that's, toughest league in the world. Like, that's honestly crazy. That's what I hope to do when I'm 37. Yeah, just like... Like, not like, you know, <laughs> playing the Premier League. I mean, that'd be crazy, but, just you know, just playing like soccer still. Level. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be... I don't want to become Gareth Bale because I feel like that's everyone in our era. It's like, all right, I've retired from sports at 24. It's time to play golf. I'm like, y'all, y'all are still I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like, you know, you got to start early. I'm like, no, we can still play. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, what? So, yeah, it is what it is. But hopefully I can be that old Asian guy. that can still play <laughs> and then channel the inner Ronaldo. Be like, you know, yeah. if Ronaldo can do it at 37, I can do it at 26. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Something like that. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, it's just. When I, when I look at those numbers, I'm just like, like, that's just crazy. Like, it's just, it, I mean, the Premier League, I mean, like, this is like the hardest league. Generally speaking, most people say this is the diff- like, most difficult league to score. And like, you have players like Lukaku that got transferred in at the peak of like their prime and can barely score a goal, like find the back of the net. And you have 37-year-old Ronaldo, like still bagging goals or bagging hat tricks left and right. That's just, it's, it's just pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's why, you know, Messi doesn't have like the goal, like in terms of like, scoring goals at league on but like he's assisted so many goals there it's just mm-hmm. the level that those two are at it's just crazy it's actually they also, insane they also attract so many defenders that it just leaves yeah. other people open too so it's like just it's being very there. true they don't have to do anything they just stand there and yeah. you're like all right we got to guard like we got to put three people on them yeah because so, if you don't they'll score yeah yeah and they'll do something they're still yeah. they're still op and yeah. also to kind of make just one more like cross sport comparison you know, like Tom Brady and yeah. for the Patriots and even the Bucks, he's like 40, 43, 40, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely like, he? he's like, yeah, he's like 40. I, yeah, he's like, like, I think like 42, 43 or 41, like somewhere in the 40s, like, like that. early 40s. He's in the 40s. Yeah. But like his majority of the trophies he won, I believe, were in his 30s. Yeah. And literally for Ronaldo, I mean, 
that could be inspiration. Like he did, yeah. they did meet, they did meet. Yeah. <laughs> at Old Trafford. Yeah. So, so maybe yeah. it's some inspiration. It's like, just exactly. keep going both. Yeah. Maybe that's what unretired Tom Brady. And maybe that's what Tom Brady's going to do for Ronaldo. Like, keep going. If I'm yeah. doing a 40, you got to do it until you're 40. Yeah. And kind of keep, keep that train going. But I don't know if Ronaldo's going to win that many trophies in the near future with Manchester United, but yeah. at least you can keep those accolades. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's kind of like what's going on with Manchester United. And then um, I guess moving on to our wildcard topic, uh, which is kind of a fun one. It was actually news that um, I guess that went live like maybe a couple of days ago or like five days ago was um, PlayStation or Sony announcing for their PlayStation Plus um, subscribers that FIFA 22 will be uh, one of the free games of the month for the month of May, which is a really big deal. Because if you don't know, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to us probably play like uh, video games as well but like sony has a service called playstation plus which is a subscription service you can pay like i think it's like you know forty dollars for a year a six, 40 to yeah. sixty dollars for a year and within like every month they offer three free games to like their subscribers so a lot of the times the free games are uh maybe past hits um from the past or some like indie games um and you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's like eh, meh uh but this one was actually i think this was at least since I've been a subscriber, this is one of the first times or like, or actually this is a couple times. I think um, they actually did like a UFC game one time and then they did NBA 2K20 or 2K21 yeah. for one of the free games back during quarantine. But this is the first time I've seen a FIFA game um, be one of the free games. And it's actually like a big deal because this is like, I would say out of all the sports uh, games, I would say FIFA tends to hold its value in terms of like, always kind of being like more on the pricier end of the games a mm-hmm. lot more compared comparatively to Madden and NBA. Um, I feel like FIFA always tends to hold like that $40 value pretty much the entire year until, yeah, until you go to like, you know, uh, even if you go to GameStop to buy it used, it's still pretty much at $40 for a long period of time. Um, but meanwhile, like Madden and NBA, they tend to, they tend to drop to like 20 bucks, sometimes even to like, 15 bucks if it's like really bad but i think fifa yeah. always hence holds a constant value so it was actually kind of crazy that i know it's the end of the season for in terms of foot but like it's the month of may and um sony's offering fifa 22 for free for uh, playstation plus subscribers which is pretty big i think it's a big move in terms of just i don't think it's the business model that you know fifa's gonna or ea is gonna do for fifa where you know we're starting to see like warzone for mm-hmm. example, or Fortnite go into a yeah. subscription base where like the base game is free, but yeah. then you pay for like a battle oh, pass that lasts yeah. for like, yeah, for like two months. And then you have to pay for a new one and like the next season. And then you buy all these like microtransactions. So mm-hmm. FIFA has always been one of those classic pay $60 for the game for the year. And then the next year you buy another 60 and then you also pay like for packs and like special edition versions of it on top of that. Yeah. So then they they kind of milk at least sixty to like a hundred bucks from everyone every year. Yeah. And people are always like, "It's the same game." I'm like, "No, it's not the same game." <laughs> like literally, the gameplay itself, like the skins are on top of it, like the visuals are on top of it, and also just the, the mechanics of yeah, playing. Like just like play- literally, literally, I when I played, I, I downloaded the game and like this is um like that's how I've been playing it. Like I I, I didn't buy mm-hmm. FIFA 22 this year. Um, and I was honestly wasn't going to buy it at all this year because I've just, yeah, just had no interest in playing it. But it was free, obviously, so I decided to give it a go. And, yeah, literally playing from I, – I played FIFA 21. I played FIFA 21 a ton. And literally going from 21 to 22, 22 plays so differently 
compared to 21. Like 22 feels it's, like a smoother version of 21, which is just crazy to say. Yeah, it's weird. It's um, it's it's hard to explain to like just to someone who never played it before, or it's like it's just you know 11 v 11. How can it be that different? The agility of the players, just mechanics, and like just the I guess even the animations and just what you can do in the game, what's OP, what's not OP from game to game, it changes. Yeah. And FIFA, like there's, they really also really haven't had that many competition either. Like the only competition they had was like Pez and then they just fell off. So there's, there's still a monopoly, but literally this kind of $60 kind of model has just never died. So seeing it be free, I feel like for a big game like this, I don't know if it's, a gateway for other people to try to get back into it or for new people to start to play for free. I mean, mm. I'm pretty sure th- both those points will be fulfilled this month, but I don't, I don't know if their fan base is dying or anything like that, but uh, it's interesting to see just this game be free. And that's how I would say I got into those games like 2K20 or 2K21. It was free on PS4 mm-hmm. and that's how I got into 2K a little bit yeah. more. I did play them before, but just not, you know, not the ultimate team version like my team or yeah. anything like that because all my friends are able to get it so because of this it's free so all your friends can get this game and play together and then you mm-hmm. can get into it that way and then for games like madden it was so bad that it, it was made <laughs> free because it couldn't yeah. get players to buy it yeah so this is on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's i would say it's a solid game this year it's just now Typically, as you, as you mentioned, it still would retain a certain value of maybe 40 bucks, maybe $30 if you can find it from some random thrift store or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's surprising to see here. And, you know, if anyone that's this is a PSA for anyone out there with a PS4 or a PlayStation, get the game because yeah. I know it's a little toxic, but at least it's free and yeah. it's a good thing just to have on the on the on the console just to have ready to go if you ever have any yeah. friends over and you it, wanted to play just a soccer game yeah and it was also really interesting they also released like with that um with the free game they also had a special promotional pack to get people started on fifa ultimate team it was literally oh, I think, yeah i think it was um i think it was like one or two 82 like guaranteed 82 plus player packs um to help get like your team started because obviously if you ever played ultimate team um by this time of the year pretty much everyone's squad is like overpowered everyone's got like the best cards or like really good cards legends and stuff so i think it's like a really good gesture to like i mean there i definitely like we we all know the game they're trying to get they're trying to get people hooked on the foot so that that way when fifa 23 comes out they're like oh i gotta get fifa 23 and like you know go all in on fifa ultimate team so i can compete but yeah it was very interesting that they even offer like a free promotional pack for even existing fifa 22 players um to kind of get their hands on so I don't know. It could be, this definitely could be like kind of like a marketing strategy to like, you know, maybe let's take our losses this year and make it free. But then like kind of banking on if we make it free, that means more people are going to get hooked onto the game and try it. But I will also say that you you mentioned Pez. Um, they recently, uh, this year at least, like they got rid of the Pez name and just went um, towards a new name called eFootball, I believe. Uh, it's eFootball or I can't remember the exact name of the new Never game. Never heard they, of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically made the game free. And obviously the game came out with a bunch of bugs and glitches, but it's a little bit better now as the patches have come out. But literally the whole game was entirely free. Like you didn't have to pay for this year's edition of the game. And I think, yeah, it was essentially all free. And I think like they were going to make people pay like little microtransactions, but like 
basically the whole base game was free. Like the career mode, normal kickoff gameplay, even like their version of Ultimate Team was free. So I think like you said, like maybe this could be the start of maybe a lot of sports games kind of going towards like a free model at first, but then you have to kind of pay. Um, I wouldn't say pay to play or pay to win, but it's like you pay to get kind of get like an extra advantage over people or like an extra step up. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see the trend of like a lot of these games kind of going baseline free and you get like really basic features. And then if you want more, um, more features and all that, you kind of have to pay and everything like that. The only thing I'd be wondering about is like, you know, Warzone. It's like a battle royale, but you don't mm-hmm. get like campaign. You don't get like spec ops or if those even still exist. Oh, yeah. But, and like also just multiplayer itself. But for FIFA, you still get career mode. You still get Volta if anyone plays that. You still <laughs> get uh, pro clubs, which yeah. is the one I actually like the most. Pro clubs is the most yeah, chaotic I feel like a lot of people just, love, you control one player. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> have fun with that. Yeah, I mean, it could be one of those where maybe like, um, if it's free, you only get ultimate team, but if you want access to everything else, you have to pay like, I don't know, 40, like, like the whole price to get the whole game or it could yeah. be vice versa where you get like all the other features. But if you want to really play foot, you have to pay, you know, the $40 or whatever to get access to foot or pro clubs and all that. Mm. Um, I mean, which could still be, milking money for me. So yeah, no, I mean, it definitely could be interesting because I guess like it could get like the casual player just hooked on to like regular career mode. And then they've, if they ever want to venture off into like, oh, I want to play people online. Then it's like, OK, well, I'm going to have to like cough up like the 40 bucks to play people online, you know? It's because uh, I mean, you see we see like the two appending sizes or opposing sizes too. Or I bought the game at the beginning of the year and then just did it. <laughs> yeah. And just was like, nah, I ain't paying sixty dollars for this. Whereas <laughs> I kind of t- I Twitch stream this game, so it's yeah. a little different for me. But um, but then also I, since yeah. since you have the game, you you already know like everything that's OP, what's not, how to play the mm-hmm. game. So like now you're kind of like, okay, I, I this game feels natural to me. But for me, this game feels really weird to me. Like still, like I it feels very very <laughs> different from FIFA 21. You know, it is very different. But also at the same time. Even to that point, I've only played one mode. I never, yeah. I haven't played kickoff. I haven't played career mode, regular seasons, um, or pro clubs yet. I've only played ultimate team. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of paid that barrier of entry, but yeah. I only still play just one mode within that game. So it's just yeah. like, uh, yeah, if they made it free, then maybe it'd be both of us playing at the beginning of the year rather than just one person. Yeah. And maybe. It'd be, you know, that cost of like, oh, I would have paid $60 anyway. I could still put in that same, maybe like $40 instead into like just packs just to get started. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. EA, if you're listening, <laughs> you could try it. I don't know. because But, I mean, once they try it, you can't go back. Because then it'd be like the next year. It'd be like, it was free last year. <laughs> All the people are going to complain. So, it'd be yeah, a big it's, decision. but It's definitely like, uh, I feel like also... You know, it definitely comes like you have the PlayStation Plus model, but I feel like it also helps out like I guess like sometimes like with the the kids. I guess at at our age like we have like we both have jobs and we can afford to like pay the full price of a game if we if we needed to. Um mm-hmm. but like I remember when I was growing up like I you know, I wasn't able to get like a ton of games growing up, so it's like you could only maybe get one game a year or maybe two games a year if you're lucky. So it's like a lot yeah. of kids like FIFA's like their game of the year, you know, like they literally only get FIFA. Um, so like if they make it free, then it's like, okay, now you're inviting like a lot of kids or a lot of people who couldn't afford to buy the game to get, to allow them to play it. So, 
That's true. It, it's yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting. I, I like when I saw the game come up for free, I was just like, it's very it just caught my eye because I'm like, wow, like I've never seen FIFA like EA specifically do this. I mean, this is like a not very EA move. If, you, yeah, if you've known like historically what EA does at FIFA, this is not a very EA-esque move when it comes to FIFA. It's just like Mr. Krabs over there. That just <laughs> That's all money. So I feel like there's a money, there's a money grab in this. And I feel like it's just people buying packs that don't have the game. <laughs> so I mean, oh, yeah, so like, I mean if you up. think about it, yeah. So it's like if say you don't pay the $40 for the full game, so you may just then buy. Just you may even spend free. more than forty to like just yeah, buy just packs. packs. Yeah, FIFA I'm not points. gonna lie. Even for when I downloaded 2K21, I think two seasons ago, or I meant two seasons, two two years ago, <laughs> something like yeah. that. My friend and I were just like, let's just drop twenty bucks on just building a team, just because it was free. So yeah. I mean, like they can. That's like free money, free revenue that they wouldn't have gotten anyway. So yeah. that's a thing. And I feel like a lot of people will do that too, because like. When you look at packs, especially like FIFA points, like, like you said, they they come in like what, like ten dollars, twenty bucks, twenty five, like what you could pay like up to fifty. It, it's so low stakes, you know. When you think of like twenty dollars, yeah. you're like, oh, like that's that's like maybe a meal, like that's nothing. But it's like when you start paying like multiple twenty dollars of like okay, twenty dollars here, and then like two days later, twenty dollars, it adds up. But you don't realize it because it's such such a small number to begin with. Yeah, then you don't eat for a few days. And it's like, all right, at least I got <laughs> at least I got freaking Cavani on my team. <laughs> it's like, Cavani fodder. Yeah, Cavani fodder. I mean, even even there too. Uh like I feel like for at least FIFA itself, like buying packs is kind of synonymous as well as to buying just regular cards like for like yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh or like Pokemon cuz these are yeah. this is literally buying cards. Yeah, like the players are on like card styles, Format, like you get yeah. chemistry style pat, like cards and yeah, things it's like, like that. If you cap- get like a really rare one, like IE, like a really good one in FIFA, like you kind of kind of freak out a bit because it's like, oh crap, I just pack someone like legit, you know. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is like you can utilize this card and like it's like a micro transaction to like other players, like an in-game currency to like other mm-hmm. folks. So that's what makes it a little different. But I mean, you know, people buy Pokemon cards. People buy four thousand dollar Pokemon cards, yeah, and things like that, which is a little crazier. But those are kind of more investments. Whereas for this, it kind of just dies after the <laughs> game ends, yeah, and after they shut off the servers. So it only lasts for so long. But at least it brings some joy <laughs> at certain yeah. points. So plug, yeah. quick plug for the for the Twitch channel uh, at Hawk Fund. If you want to follow yes. my Twitch. <laughs> Yes, go follow 2v2 2v2 Tuesdays. Tuesdays. I play every Tuesday with a friend from work and we do co-op ultimate team and Mm -hmm. we play only once a week for like a couple hours. That's all I do. And then we just have one team that we just use the entire season. And that's how I kind of control myself too, playing this game. Like I don't really play by myself most of the time. It's only a a friend. Because it's very addicting. I will point that out. There's a reason why this game is so popular. Like yeah, good reasons, but also a lot of bad reasons. Very addicting. <laughs> it's um, I got my hours out of it during college. It's like, what you yeah. do in college? I'm like FIFA. <laughs> it's like yeah, after so, that, I'm like, all right, I can't be doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, P- so PSA to any of our young listeners, your life is more than FIFA. Do not waste all your time on this game. <laughs> yeah, it's but not it is worth good. It. it is good to bring a group around and have like a tournament here and there, yes. on like a weekend. Those but are those are lit. Do not do not get so wrapped up in a weekend league. Where you get rageful and 
you hate everything, you resent life. It's just a game. <laughs> it got really deep. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's definitely happened to me. Like, I let this game, like, this game, it, like, it, it can control you if you let it, you know? So, you got to you gotta put, like, safe gaps and, um, you know, check yourself every once in a while because, you know, yeah. this game, like, it, like, like we said, it's, it can be really addicting and you can sometimes get so addicted where you don't even catch yourself getting, like, you'll, you'll just, like, be like, oh, I'll just play one game and then three hours go by. And it's just like, what did I just do for three hours? Because, like, even Ultimate Team itself, it's like a mini oh, yeah. stock market, but it's controlled <laughs> yeah. by EA. So, like, yeah. it, the volatility and everything, it just doesn't make sense at times. Yeah. You know, simple supply and demand from economics kind of apply <laughs> to Ultimate Team. Yeah. And so all works, of a sudden, like, like, when, like, a, like, when an SPC comes out, it's like everyone needs like 84 rated cards. It's like all of a sudden they're like 10,000 coins. Yeah. So, or it's like, like, like right, so it's like, you can't heck? really anticipate it. So, just play for fun. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. every once in a while, just go outside and look at some grass. It's yeah. like, you got to find some balance but it was just interesting to see how ultimate team is because even for me i don't have i have fifa on my xbox but yeah i'm you know my ps4 i don't have it yet so now i can go get on my ps4 and play pro clubs with some friends yes you can join us join our club yes i will yeah (laughs) i'm very excited for that i'll play that because that's really fun (laughs) yeah it'll be lit yeah and then um, because at least like then like you're not dealing with like you know, I, I know we said a PSH for our young listeners, but you're not dealing with someone that just like hogs the ball or like runs around in the corner for like the <laughs> entire game after they score like one cheap goal. It's uh, and for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, pro clubs is just a mode within the game where it's 11 v 11, but you can only control one player on the team. And then the rest of the like, let's say you only have six players, though, one player can control like the other remaining players. But then mm-hmm. everyone else just can creates their own player. They can name them whatever they want, yeah. And customize them. Um, they can customize them, have them play a certain position, and have certain attributes and traits, making like really short and fast, or really tall and lanky and slow, win all the <laughs> headers. But you know, the meta is kind of smaller and faster. But I mean, you can name them whatever they want. Like I don't. I feel like some of them I probably can't say in the pod that I've seen before because they're kind of inappropriate. But at least for me, one of the FIFA's you're able to import a Google image or like a JPEG to <laughs> EA's website of anyone. And then they'll make a, I think like a 3d model of that face oh, onto nice. a player. So I downloaded like Mr. Bean, like Rowan Atkinson, but the picture was really orange. So he came out like, like Donald Trump, like that level of orange oh my in God. the game. And that shade you can't get in the game. Like it just so <laughs> happened just to be that 3d model just happened to be referencing a really orangey, version of mr bean and i just used mr bean an entire season and i had a friend i don't want to say which historical figure but it was one from world war ii and it was very black and white and he came oh out God. looking like a piece of paper <laughs> i was Jeez. like holy cow so i don't think they had that feature anymore in terms of like importing certain faces and stuff but um it's a very interesting game mode that i feel like that that's a less toxic kind of game mode to do and also just to bring some friends together if it's like a rainy day then you know sit inside play some pro clubs with some friends so mm-hmm. that's yeah i don't know why we're we're not even sponsored by ea but <laughs> and they're definitely not gonna give us any money for this but <laughs> <laughs> well that's just oh, our man. two cents i would say yeah for this game that's people that have played like a decent us. amount of fifa in their lives yeah mm-hmm um, so there you yeah, go. FIFA 22. Was, it's free. Yeah, really, yeah that's what we, we want to mention. FIFA 22. It's free. 
um for like the rest of the month of may so definitely if you have a playstation you have playstation plus just download it because like why not like like tyler said it's, it's free and you know as long as you have playstation plus you'll have the game forever um and yeah it's a fun game to try out and obviously like a really fun one when you have a group of friends over just to play and kind of kick back and relax with but yeah that was uh that was our wild card topic and yeah that was pretty much it for episode 142 as we always say you can uh follow us and subscribe to us at the premiere pod on youtube you can give us a follow um at the premiere pod on instagram and twitter send us any questions or any comments you have um through there and we'll get back to you on on that but if you're listening to this podcast on apple Podcasts, please make sure to uh, leave us a rating and review it helps us out and helps us uh get boosted up on the platform but if you don't want to leave a, uh, a review, that's totally fine. Um, just taking the time to listen to it is more than enough. And if you have a friend that's interested in the Premier League or interested in soccer or potentially FIFA, um, you know, that it wouldn't uh, like we definitely appreciate it if you could just share this with a, per- a friend and, um, you know, we'll take the help anywhere we can get it. But yeah, uh, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. That kind of wraps up season four, episode 142 of the podcast. Uh, thank you guys. Peace. Peace.